0: All right, let's uh, open our Bible tonight, uh, book of Revelations tonight. We'll just kind of do an introduction tonight into the book. And I know, uh, of course, Revelations, uh, it don't change. That uh, uh, we might learn some more about it from the last time we went through it. But, uh, but you know what it says? It says, and uh, one thing to remember is that everything in the book of Revelations from chapter 4 on to the end, has not happened yet. Uh, it's not happened yet. Uh, the church age is a chapter 2 and 3, and of course the beginning of the book, chapter 1. But everything from chapter 4 all the way to the rest of the end of the book has not happened yet. A lot of times, every time something happens, like uh, what we just been through with this uh, COVID and all the rumors and all the stuff going around. Uh, people have sometimes uh, may be meaning well, but, uh, uh, but misguided. They've tried to make some of the things in the chapter 4 on as to be going on right now already happen. And it might be setting up for it, uh, no doubt, uh, but it's not happened yet. Uh, the book of Revelations... Uh, is really history written in advance. Uh, the Lord's only one that uh, He knows the end from the beginning. And that's one way you know the Bible is, uh, is God breathed because uh, somebody more than man had to be able to know what was going to happen down through the years to be able to put it in the Bible. And uh, everything that the Lord has in Revelations. Uh, will one day come to pass. let's read uh, eight verses tonight, beginning in chapter one. The revelation a lot of times uh, when that's pronounced, we'll say we're studying revelations or we're in the book of revelations, but there's no s on there. it's just the revelation. Uh, it's one revelation. It so the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, He hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, He cometh with clouds, and ever eye shall see Him. And they also which pierced Him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come the Almighty. Father, we thank you tonight, be able to be back in midweek service, and thank you for each one that's here, those watching, uh, Lord, by other means of the internet or uh, radio transmitter, and uh, Father, we uh, just come tonight, I ask you to help me to be your transmitter tonight, and help all those that are listening to be receivers tonight, and may we both do a good job in what we're doing tonight. Now, Lord, speak to our heart, and open our Eyes up and our ears that we might uh, hear what the Spirit's saying unto the church tonight. And uh, we thank and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. The writer of this uh, book is, is a holy man of God named John. Uh, the Bible said all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And it said a holy man of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, now, the book of Revelations, uh, it is history written in advance. Uh, that would be a true statement. What we're reading tonight will someday be history, uh, but God has wrote it uh, in advance uh, that we might have it tonight. Uh, John, is, uh, this is the John the Beloved, and uh, he wrote uh, five books in the Bible. Uh, wrote the Gospel of John the Gospel of John. Uh, he wrote uh, the book of 1 John, book of 2 John, book of 3 John, and then he wrote the Revelation. Uh, John is known as John the Beloved because he is the apostle, the disciple of love. Uh, many times he refers to himself as that disciple whom Jesus loved. and uh, And not only that, but uh, when you read uh, his books, First John especially, uh, you'll read over and over again. Uh, you'll read about uh, the love of God. And, uh, of course, John 3.16 that he wrote, For God so loved the world. Uh, and John tells us more about the love of God than any other disciple. Of course, John is the one that Jesus uh, left his mother with to watch over her. And uh, when you think about that, Jesus had half brothers, and uh, and he could have left his mother with one of them, uh, but he chose John above them, and uh, so that speaks pretty highly of John. Uh, there is a succession of this revelation uh, when we uh, when we look at uh, at how this thing's wrote. Uh, we read there in verse one uh, that we read there. The succession is uh, God gives it to Jesus Christ. First of all, God has it. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. So God gave it to Jesus Christ. Uh, then uh, said that uh, he sent it and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So first of all, God has the revelation. and Jesus Christ gets it goes to John, and then it goes to the seven churches that we'll study about when we get in chapter 2 and 3, and then it goes to the world. And so that's the succession uh, of the uh, revelation uh, of John. Uh, God has it. He gives it to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gives it to John. Uh, John gives it to the seven churches, and we're in the process right now of giving it out to the world. Uh, so that's the way it, it comes down. Now, in uh, Revelations 1, one, as we said, God gave this revelation to Jesus Christ to give His servants to show them things which must shortly come to pass. Now, uh, most of us uh, do not want to know. Uh, we do not want to know this because this means that this world, as we now know it, will shortly pass away. Uh, it'll still be here. Uh, Still be here. Uh, The earth will continue. We know what Christ is going to reign on earth for a thousand years. And uh, we know that. But the earth as we know it, as we know it, and the reason that bothers some people is because uh, 1 John 2 and 15, they love the world and the things thereof. Now I don't mean uh, that you're not to love your home, you're not to love... Uh, you know, your possessions, you're not to love, things like that. That's not what God means. But he's talking about when he says, love not the world, he's talking about the system of the world. Uh, that system of the world that hates God. We're, uh, we're plainly seeing that in our day. We're seeing a uh, used to it was hid and, and, uh, and it, they always felt that way, but they were not as bold about it. They were not as open about it. But now we're seeing them get bold about it and they make no uh, ifs and ands about it, Uh, you know, that they hate God and they hate the Bible and they hate the church. Uh, I seen uh, just today an update uh, on the uh, preacher out in uh, California, Brother uh, Trever. He's an independent Baptist preacher out there. And right now his church has been fined $51,000. Uh, for doing nothing other than hold and service. And, of course, John MacArthur, he runs about 7000 and uh, evidently they use another parking lot or something, uh, lease it or something, and they've, for, they've stopped that. So now they don't have any place to park. Of course, we know California's a nut job anyway, uh, and the worst things that happen, they happen out there. But the bad thing about it is what happens out there? Uh, it slowly moves across a lot of times. Uh, a lot of the things we're dealing with today, it started out there, but it's slowly moving across the country, so we need to pray for them. I heard that the president, uh, I don't know this, but I heard that the president called John MacArthur and, uh, and told him he was glad he kept his church open, and I'm hoping that he'll come in on behalf of Brother Trever, uh and uh, so far, there's been a lot of fines uh, made to churches, but as far as I know, nobody's had to pay any. They've, when it comes down time to pay, uh, somebody's always stepped in or did something. Uh, so uh, it scares people to think about uh, this world being over. The Bible said, you know, in Hebrews nine twenty seven, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And so we, we all know that if Jesus doesn't come back, that our days are numbered down here. Uh, uh, Psalms 9 in verse 10 said three score and ten, and if a reason of strength four score, which there's a lot of people now that live four score and on. And uh, which made me think to ask you to pray for uh, preacher Billy Goosby. Uh, he had a mass. Uh, he's a great preacher. He's up in his 80s. And uh, he had a mass removed of some kind and they cut into an artery and he lost a lot of blood and he's uh, in really bad shape right now. Uh, His son, Steve Gooseby, came here to Jubilee uh, a couple years ago. I don't know if any of y'all remember him or not. But uh, please pray for Brother Gooseby. The Bible said the Revelation says these things must come to pass shortly. Now, When we think about that, you know, we think, well, up there at the top of my Schofield Bible, it says this was wrote about A.D. 96. Uh, Different different people put a little bit different date on there, but it won't vary very much, uh, no matter who you study after. But this was wrote in A.D. 96, uh, and it said these things would shortly come to pass. Now, this lets us know uh, something. This lets us know that God doesn't always look at time like we do. Now, that's not to say that every time in the Bible that time's mentioned, that it's not like we look at time. But there's other times that, uh, that God doesn't look at time the way you and I look at time. And uh, he has a verse there in First Peter, and, uh, and it is to do with the second coming of Christ and uh, the end of the age there in Second Peter. And the Bible said, verse 8, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And so uh, God uh, sometimes looks at time in a different way than we do. And the Lord said a thousand years would only be a day with the Lord. And so if we, if we look at this verse this way, and look at what the Lord wrote here that way, Uh, we we realize that in the Lord's Lord's way of giving time, that it's only been a few days. Now, uh, other things I've studied said the meaning of that word, uh, that it must shortly come to pass, means that once it starts, that it won't take long for it to all be over. And uh, I believe there's some truth in that as well. Uh, Once the uh, rapture of the church takes place, And we enter into those last seven years, uh, it won't take long for all the things in the book of Revelations to be fulfilled. There's a lot in there. And when you think about all that being fulfilled in less than seven years, you say, Brother Rick, I thought it was a seven-year tribulation. It is, but the Bible said that for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And uh, so it won't be a full seven years. We don't know how many, but... Uh, before they would completely wipe out the nation of Israel uh, and completely uh, destroy everything, God will intervene, and uh, and that's what over in Matthew 24 we got the parable of the fig tree. And uh, Matthew 24, and of course the fig tree is always talking about Israel, and uh, and it says, uh, "Learn a parable of the fig tree when its branch is yet tender and put forth leaves." You know that summer's nigh. So, likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. That's reading Matthew 24, verse 32 through verse 34. And uh, I like Schofield's note on that. And Schofield's note on that says that the meaning of that is that the Uh, the generation of the Jews that's living when all this stuff starts. They're going to try to, uh, everybody's going to be against the Jew. The Antichrist is going to be against the Jew. And he's saying that uh, they won't be able to destroy all of them uh, before the Lord comes back and all this is fulfilled. Uh, So uh, that's what the meaning is there. Then he says uh, uh, there that, get back to my, reading. Then he says there uh, that he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John. So he sent and signified it or declared it. The root word of signify is sign. Sign. That's the root word of signify. And this book has a lot of signs in it. And it also uh, when we think of signified, we think about uh, symbols. This book has a lot of symbols in it, a lot of signs in it. And uh, we'll, we'll see that as we go through the book. Now, some of it has symbolic meaning. Some of it has other meaning than uh, just as it reads. But the way you do that is, if you can read it and it makes sense, don't try to make any other sense out of it. In other words, if the Bible said fire fell from heaven, don't try to make some uh, symbolic thing out of that. The Bible means fire fell from heaven. Now there is some places in the book of Revelations, we'll come upon them as we go through it. There'll be some places there that we won't be able to do that. And so we'll have to see uh, that it's a symbol of something that is to come. Uh, Revelations 1 and 3 the bible says uh, there is a uh, a blessing there to those that read it so if you'll read this book while we're going through it and i suggest you do that uh, i've i've read through revelations several times this year just sit down just read through the whole thing there's only 22 chapters in it and i know uh, when we were uh, when the covid was going on and we was having online services i know i read through it twice just during that period. And uh, it's good to familiarize yourself with what's in the book. Uh, Don't just wait and come Wednesday night and then be taken by surprise and don't have a clue uh, of what we're reading about, what we're studying about. Uh, Read it over and over and over again. And the more you read it, the more God will reveal to you. Maybe that's part of the blessing. He said, Blesses he that readeth And they that hear. So not only are you going to get blessed if you'll read it on your own time, but you're going to get blessed as you hear me read it. Uh, I'll be reading through the whole book as we go through this verse by verse. So he blesses he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. And so opportunity there for three blessings. Uh, Read it, hear it, and keep what you can, uh, what, what part applies to you, keep that and the Lord will bless you. Now there are seven blessings mentioned in the book of Revelations. In the whole book, there's seven blessings. I just read you one there in Revelations chapter 1 and verse 3. That is one that you can have a part in. Uh, that's one that you can get a blessing out of. Because you can read the book, you can hear the book, and you can keep the sayings of the book. But then over in Revelations chapter 14, the Bible gives another blessing there. Revelations fourteen thirteen, we often read this of saints that have died in the Lord. We often read this and quote it at funerals. And in verse 13 of chapter 14, he said, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Can you have a part in that blessing? All right. Some, some's not too sure. They're kind of sure. Can you have a part in that blessing? No, the rapture. Because of the rapture. Of the rapture? All right. What well, if you die for the rapture. Can't die for the rapture. Yeah, sure you can. He said, "Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord." If you die in the if you died today, you'd die in the Lord, wouldn't you? If you died today, you'd die in the Lord, and we think about Brother Nathan. He died in the Lord, and the Bible said, "Blessed are they that do die in the Lord." From henceforth, ye say the spirit; they rest from their labors. He's not working at fruit loom no more, and 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 mainly spiritually, uh, he's not preaching, he's not playing the piano, he's not leading singing anymore. He's resting from those labors. But the Bible said their works do follow them. Every time we raise, let that thing down, raise it back up. Nathan gets a reward. Nathan gets a blessing why his works are still following him. Every time somebody in his youth group says, I remember when Brother Nathan said this, or I remember when Brother Nathan taught this, uh, his works are still following him. Everybody in his youth group that maybe didn't get saved before the Lord called him home, when they get saved, he has a part in that. His works are still following him. Uh, everything goes on in this church. He had a part, in, great part in this church. Uh, every time the Internet comes on, uh, he set up the original Internet. Uh, we've updated it a lot, added a lot to it, but he had a part in the original part of that. And every time that thing goes out, his works are still following him. So, yes, uh, Bill was right. that Of course, the rapture took place Uh, we wouldn't die. We wouldn't die. But if we die before uh, the rapture, uh, and we could do that, we don't know when the rapture's going to come, and we don't know when we're going to die. Again, I'm sure Brother Nathan uh, had no idea when he left that morning to go to work that he wouldn't be coming home here. Uh, He didn't know. So none of us have promise of tomorrow. And really, we don't even have promise of the whole day today, do we? Uh, we really don't. And uh, so, uh, so number one, there's a blessing to those that read it. Number two, there's a blessing uh, to those that die in the Lord uh, before uh, the Lord comes and then those that die in the Lord during the tribulation period. Then in Revelation 16, Revelation uh, 16 and verse 15 The Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief, Bless is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they shall see his shame. Can we have part in that blessing? Okay, I, I think so. Brother David said, yeah, because uh, we're not going to be here during that time period, but we can be watching for the Lord right now. And uh, and we can actually uh, a good cross reference for that would be First uh, uh, John uh, chapter three or chapter two. First John chapter two, verse twenty eight said, "And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming." That's talking. That's before the rapture. The Lord come back tonight. And we hadn't been walking like we ought to walk and living like we ought to live, we're still going to be saved if we have truly been saved. But we'll be ashamed that it it's coming. Be ashamed that it it's coming. Uh, be ashamed for the Lord to uh, uh, to find us uh, in uh, not walking in the way that we know that we should walk. Uh, so uh, yes, I think we can do that. Primarily, it's talking to those during that tribulation period and be watching for the Lord to come Uh, and he'll come as a thief Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 1 and 4 tells us that he'll come as a thief a thief comes the thief don't call your house at 7 o'clock and say hey I just want you to know I'll be over about 12 tonight to break in Uh, they don't do that Uh, the thief doesn't say hey I I like them guns you got and I'll be over there about 1 o'clock tonight break in and steal them guns. No. And if the thief breaks in tonight, you don't have to worry about him taking your trash bag full of garbage. He ain't going to take that. You say, why? It ain't worth nothing. When a thief breaks in, he breaks in to get the valuables, the jewels, the precious things. And so when the Lord Jesus comes as a thief in the night, he's coming for the jewels. He's coming for those that Malachi said were his jewels. He's coming for the precious things. The Bible said precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And so uh, yes, we can. Revelations 1919 uh, 19, or 199, I'm sorry, 199. Revelation 199. And He. Let's go to verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. All right, can we have a part in that one? We have a part and be blessed to be called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Man, I'm I'm Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's who's going to be there. It's the saved and the church. And so, yes, we can have a part in that. We're headed to a wedding in the sky. And we're going to be married to the Lord Jesus. And we're going to live happily ever after. Amen. And we're going on a honeymoon. Going to last seven years. Uh, while all hell's breaking loose down here, we're going to be on our honeymoon with the Lord. Uh, we're going to be there with Him. And some things will be taking place during that time. Uh, but, uh, but for us, we'll just be glad we're not down here. We're not down here because it will be awful down here. Alright, uh, Revelation 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with Him a thousand years. All right, can we have part in that? Yes, if you're saved, if you're saved, you'll be a part of which comes in different orders, as we see as we get into it later on. But uh, if you're saved, you will have part. uh, in the first resurrection, and you, and the second death will have no power over you my uh, My granddaughter texted me the other day about dinner, but I didn't see it until the next morning, but uh, she said uh, uh, she was witnessing to a boy in the Memphis and she said uh, she said pop said uh, 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 I think the boy asked her said, what would have happened if Jesus had never came?" And He'd never died for our sins. And, uh, and I answered that for And I said, well, if Jesus had never came and died to pay for our sins, we would have to pay for our own sins. And the way the Bible said the wages of sin is death. And so we would have to die not only the physical death that everybody's going to die, but we would have to die what's called the second death, Revelations 20 and 14. Uh, The Bible tells us that over in Revelations uh, 20 and uh, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And so Jesus came and He came and died on the cross for us that we might not have to die the first death if Jesus comes in our lifetime. But if He don't come in our lifetime, we'll have to die the first death but we'll never have to die the second death. And uh, if Jesus hadn't came, we'd have had to die the first death and the second death. The first death is separation of the soul from the body. Uh, If any one of us were to pass away tonight, the Bible said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. At the moment of our passing away, uh, in the twinkling of an eye, our spirit would be with the Lord if we're saved. If we're not saved, of course, it would be in hell. Uh, but uh, that, that's what would happen. And that's what the first death is it's separation of the body and the spirit, uh, of the soul and the spirit from the body. Uh, you see, what gives your body life is the soul and the spirit. That's what gives your body life. If you've ever been around anybody that's dying, or as they die, or after they die, I'm never, I'm never there, and I've been there hundreds of times, but I'm never there that I don't think about the person laying there. And to me, it looks like a house that somebody just moved out of. Immediately, all the color goes out of the body, and immediately, it's just, it's just like there's nobody home, because there is nobody home the soul and the spirit have moved out and went to be with the Lord. And uh, so uh, Jesus died so that we would not have to suffer uh, that uh, second death. Uh, thank the Lord. Uh, he paid for our sins. He paid for the sins of the whole world. Uh, if if people would receive the payment, He's already paid for it. You know, I could, I could go up there and, and uh, try to pay off uh, Caleb's house if he owes anything on it I'd go up there and try to pay it off and he says yes I could try to pay it off and he'd say no I ain't going to have that I don't want it I'm not going to take that uh, well there's no way I could pay it off if you wouldn't let me pay it off and it's that way with the Lord the Lord comes he convicts us shows us we're lost that we need to be saved uh, and he gives us invitation to come to him and he says you say well you have to come do you uh, why did he say whosoever will let him come why did he say in uh, in first in uh, John 5 and 43 why did he say that you will not come that you might have everlasting life and uh, God made all of us a free uh, with a free will amen and so we have we have the will. we can receive him why did he say as many as receive me Uh he gives power to become the sons of God. And so the Lord is paid for the sins, but some people won't take it. They won't take it. Uh, okay, Revelations uh, 22 and 14 is the uh, last one. The Bible said, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates unto the city. All right, can we get that one? Do what? Right. You don't get your eternal life from a tree. You get your eternal life from Jesus Christ. Uh, when you believed and was saved, God gave you eternal life. Uh, he said, many." Uh, he said, "I give unto them eternal life, and they shall." not perish. Uh, this Scripture here, we'll get into it more at the end, uh, but in my opinion it has to do with those during the uh, tribulation period. Matthew 24 uh, makes a statement that people that believe you can lose your salvation, they'll, they'll run to it the first time ever time uh, in Matthew 24. And here's what it says, It says, verse 13, But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Uh, So they say that if you don't endure to the end, then you lose your salvation. You can't lose your salvation. If you've been really saved, you can't lose your salvation. What it's talking about here in the context, the whole context, if you look at it, You have to take the Bible in the context that it's wrote in. Nothing nothing is said in chapter 24 about salvation before this verse or after this verse. So when he says, He that endureth to the end shall be saved, he's not talking about uh, spiritual salvation. He's talking about physically saved. And if you can can make it from the... uh, all the way through the tribulation without getting caught by the Antichrist, without being arrested and thrown in jail and beheaded, if you can make it, and there won't be many to do it, but if you can make it all the way through the tribulation without being killed, then you'd go on over into the millennial. You'd go on over into the millennial. So what he's talking about there is he that endureth to the end, they shall be saved. So you're going to have some people that are saved uh, physically and they go over into the millennial reign and they'll still be there with the Lord. Uh, but they're not, they're not saved like you're saved. The reason you know that is because you got some there that the Bible said Jesus has to rule with a rod of iron. They won't obey Him. They're still rebels. They're still rebels. Now during that time, uh, you remember when you come down to the end, you probably read Revelations 20. You remember the devil's bound for a thousand years. Remember that? And then, remember you read after the thousand years that the devil was released. Remember that? And you scratched your head and wondered, what did he let him loose again for? Because you got people that have come over into that, tribu- uh, that uh, millennial period and they have to be tested. They have to... Make a choice. You see, they don't have the they don't have the devil there to tempt them because he's bound up for a thousand years, uh, so they don't have him to fight every day like you and I do. Uh, and it's hard to believe that after going through all of that, after a thousand years with Christ ruling and reigning, the, the devil's still going to be able to get a few to go with him. That's how powerful he is. I mean, uh, you, th- you say, well, I won't never be deceived about anything. Well, think about this. The angels were up there around the throne. They seen God. They watched God create. They knew what God was doing. They watched the whole plan. And yet a third of them was able to be convinced by the devil to follow him. That's the deceptive power that the devil has. He can deceive. Now Jesus said in Matthew 24, He talked about that deception. And He said, If it were possible, if it were possible, what's the rest of that verse? If it were possible, He would deceive the very elect. He would deceive them. But that's not possible. Because you have have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Uh, you have something that God gave you the day you got saved that lives inside of you and He lets you know when things are right, when things are wrong, if you're really saved. You see, I, I meet people all the time. I met somebody just the other day out here. I, come, I was up to the other church, come down here and there's a guy pulled in under the porch there, had a station wagon type car, had all kinds of kids in there and they were all sitting there eating McDonald's hamburgers. And I walked up to the window and I said, can I help you? I just pulled into the porch. He said, well, my wife's up there at the gymnastic place and it's too hot to eat in the car. And he said, so we just pulled down here to eat. And I said, well, I said, okay. I said, let me ask you this. I said, are you saved? And he said, well, uh, maybe not in the way you mean it. And I said, where do you go to church at? And he said, I go, I go to the Mormon's. I said, why do you go to the Mormons? He said, well, I used to be a Baptist. And I said, I bet you married somebody and I bet she's a Mormon, didn't you? He said, yep, yep. I've washed it down through the years. Nine times out of ten, if a man marries a woman and she is a Mormon or Catholic or something like that, nine times out of ten, they'll wind up going to the woman's church. That's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. That's why it's important that you marry people close to of like faith. It don't have to be, I'm sure none of us believe exactly the same about everything, but we ought to be able to be close about some things, about some things. But anyway I said I'll oh, let say this that most of the people that Jehovah's Witnesses are Mormons and they'll say I used to be a Baptist. And I can't tell you how many times that I've had them to tell me this. And I say, well, why did you leave? He said, because they were able to answer questions for me that the Baptists couldn't answer. Well, here's the only thing about that. Just because you get an answer don't mean it's the right answer. And there's some answers that nobody has in any denomination, nobody has answers to some things. And and so it's important to make sure that you don't just get answers, but you get the right answers. And then there's another question here. Maybe the church they're going to, maybe they haven't advanced in their study of the Word of God for whatever reason, and they just had not learned the answer yet. So maybe you need to go looking for the answer somewhere else in a church of like faith you're already in. Uh, I mean, I have folks that ask me questions and I'll say, I don't know, but I'll see if I can find out for you. And, uh, and I sure don't call the Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. I call, I call some old saint of God that I know studied the Bible, maybe been through Bible school, Bible college, and learned the Word, and knows a lot of things I don't know. And that's who I'm going to go to. It's important to make sure you get your answers from the right place. Okay, I think I gave you seven, didn't I? Okay, Revelations 26 then. Revelations 20. Have I given you that one yet? Okay, Revelations. uh, Oh wait a minute, I ain't even in Revelations. Revelations twenty and what'd you say? Twenty two seven. Okay. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And uh, okay, so I guess to a certain part we can be blessed on that. Uh, I don't know if we could do it completely or not, because I I don't plan on being around when all this stuff happens. Uh, but we can keep what we can keep at this time. Uh, Alright, so there's seven blessings all the way through the book of Revelations. And everybody knows seven's God's Word of perfection. So in the book of Revelations, there's a perfect blessing for all who will follow that. Alright, about out of time here. Uh, look here in uh, verse uh, 5. Revelation one and five, and uh, it said, "Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood." Uh, okay, there can be no mistake about uh, who the messenger is, for it plainly says, "Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ." Uh, there were others, uh, uh, what I'm saying is, we, we don't have to wonder about who this verse is talking about uh, and it, who it's from. It said, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead. What's said in verse 5 cannot be said about any other human being that's ever been on planet earth. Can't be, so it's got to be the Lord. There were others named Jesus. A lot of people, Jesus was a common name. Uh, during the time of Jesus it was a common name but we follow what else is said and it can't fit anybody but Jesus you say what you mean it says the first begotten of the dead I've talked that enough that somebody will be able to tell me what that means why is he the first that's right Uh, Lazarus he, he rose from the dead but he died again Widow's son at name died again. Jairus' daughter died again, but Jesus Christ was the first one to ever be resurrected, that never did die again and never will die again. First begotten of the dead, he's the prince of the kings of the earth. I know a lot of these you know leaders. They think they're it, but he's the king of the earth. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's over all. And and in closing tonight, that gives me that gives me a peace tonight. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. I am praying. I'm gonna vote. I'm gonna do everything that I know to do. But if things turn out different than what I hope or thought or they should, I'm gonna know that Jesus Christ is still in control. Amen. Nothing can happen that will change what He says is going to happen. doesn't matter who gets in. This book is going to be fulfilled just like He said it was going to be fulfilled because the Bible said in Proverbs, I think it's 22, 21, it said, The kings of the earth are in the hands of the Lord. They're like the rivers of water. He turns them wherever He will. The Lord can make kings just like uh, I've been reading through the book Exodus. The Lord made Pharaoh do just exactly what He wanted him to do so he could fulfill what he said he was going to do. God's still able to do that. God's always able to do that. Alright? And then let me give you one more thing there. The last word there in verse 8. Don't forget that. What does it say? The Almighty. The Almighty. I uh, used to hear that a lot. The older people talk about the Almighty. has been a long time since I've heard anybody talk about the, o- the Almighty. Now, remember, the devil is mighty. But he ain't almighty. Uh, there's only one almighty God. And uh, thank the Lord for that. Amen. And when we get all the way over to the end of this book, You're going to find out when all the earthquakes happen, when all the meteorites fall, when all the people have been killed by the Antichrist, when everything that happens is going to happen, you're going to find out in Revelation 20 and verse 11, He's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. He's never been dethroned. There's been an attempt to it, but it didn't work. Amen. All right. so that's just getting into the introduction of Revelations. And we'll get into the rest of it a little long as the Lord leads. All right, yes, sir. yes, sir. read it. any man shall take away the of his prophecy, away his from the I Yeah. Talk about the book of the Revelation. That's like the whole Bible, isn't it? Well, that's a, that's a hard verse there, and uh, I've read different views on it. That's one of them you may have to go to the Mormons to get the answer to. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it when we get over to it. We'll try to find out something about it. Yes.